0: Welcome to the Lighthouse 805 podcast. We hope you enjoyed this continuation of our camp sermon series. Sweet. Good morning. I'm glad you are all at church today. Thanks for listening on the podcast. Thanks for checking us out. We are in our camp sermon series, and today was a little interesting if you walked in here uh, early, if you were wondering, there was camping gear on all the seats, uh, a little different than usual, but you, you have to have some camping gear when you go camping. And when you set up at a camping site, sometimes you have to clear out a little debris, a little clutter, a little junk that's in the way, right? Nobody likes, have you ever, have you ever laid on the ground a sleeping bag and there's like a rock or a pebble there? Yeah. Now, you know, California camping's a little different. It's already usually cleared <laughs> off, but we, we want to understand The camp series is more about you're hiking through a forest, that's the visual, you're encountering a a wild stream and you set up camp, okay? You're you're not handed a number and said this is the week you come. This this is the concept we're getting across. I know, it's so different, (laughs) savage camping, oh man. We all go through seasons, but how you start off a season is so critical it's really important. So many times we realize we're in a season and we're already halfway into that season. We're like, oh, this is what's happening. Well, I'm really hoping that through this sermon series, we understand when we're actually going into a season and we're ready to start it off well. Today's message title is How to Start a New Season Awesome. I didn't want to just put well, I didn't want to just put good or gooder. I want to put awesome. <laughs> Today's Palm Sunday. Again it's it's the Sunday that Jesus rode into Jerusalem and people were shouting hosanna and people were waving branches and they're excited and they're they're eager and in the back of Jesus's mind he might be the only one that realizes what he's actually walking into. He knows the season that he's stepping into. It's a season when he's he knows it the father's been speaking, "Hey, you were sent to this earth to go die on this cross." and Jesus is riding a donkey, and everyone's cheering, and can you, just what's going through the back of his head? You cheer me now, but you're going to mock me later. You're happy now, but you're going to hate me later, and I'm doing it for you. He, he's going through a lot in his mind at this moment. I know I would be. Like, I'd give people side eyes all the time. Uh, I see you there. I'm dying for you and you. <laughs> it's like, what's, what's, you know, he's going through all these things. But Jesus couldn't have weathered the season if it wasn't for how he started the season in Mark chapter 1. That's when the season of Jesus dying on the cross actually began. Mark chapter 1. Look at this verse. Verse 35. This is where it starts it all. The season of Jesus getting ready to go Palm Sunday. Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Simon and his companions went to look for him. And when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. That is why I have come. There's, there's a few things happening here. See, Jesus needed to hear from God the Father to prepare for the season that was coming up. That's that's why he had to go off and pray. He had to hear from the father to confirm, hey, it's gonna be bad, (laughs) but I got you in my hands. See, he's heading towards Palm Sunday in in the concept of he's gonna ride in, he's gonna be excited, and all these things are happening, but he's going to his death, and it started, his season officially started by getting away with the father to pray because he needed to hear from God saying, listen, it's gonna be okay. You're starting a rough season, but it's all going to turn out okay. Another reason for Mark chapter 1, the season starting, Jesus needed to do what he was called to do. It says, let's go to these nearby villages, and I need to speak to them. I need to preach to them. See, if Jesus just sat in one spot at one location at one time, what would the crowd have been like on Palm Sunday? It would have just been like one family showing up. Man, you're awesome. Thanks, Jesus. They they would have missed it. Jesus understood the season he was stepping into by going around and spreading the gospel to as many people as possible. Or else Palm Sunday wouldn't have existed. Then third, Jesus needed to drag along the disciples. And I, I use the word drag along purposely. Because without his disciples following him, Christianity wouldn't have had legs to keep on going. It would have just stopped right there. That would have been the the end. If Jesus just did it all on his own, in his own little season, what would Christianity be like? The, The disciples had to be taught to carry on to start the early church. Acts, the book of Acts won't even happen. Our guideline to how churches exist. It's really interesting. See, Jesus understood that how you start a season is critical. And so many times in our lives, we just jump into a season and realize we're in a season when it's already halfway over. My my plea today is that you would grasp the understanding of what starting a season is all about. And we're partnering it with the illustration of a campsite. When you first go camping, you gotta set up, you got to clear some debris. you got to do some dif- different things to put your tent up, right? you got to prepare to start that camping season. Likewise, in our lives as a Christian, we need to prepare to start seasons in our lives. We all go through seasons. We talked about last week on the first week. Seasons come and go. Seasons start and they finish. So how do we start a season? Awesome. Number one, pick your campsite. Pick your campsite. Have, has anyone ever been camping in like a different place outside of California where you're just hiking along with a tent inside of a bag and eventually you stop and set up camp? I'm getting some like, no, that sounds crazy. <laughs> it's okay. It's, it's severely different than California. California, you call ahead, you book online, you get a number, you show up with your number, it's cleared, it's, it's nice, there's a water hookup, there's a bathroom, there's even a shower you can put tokens in. Severely different than Oregon. Oregon, you just grab a bag and you keep walking until you want to stop. And then you set up shop. It's very different. The fees are different. As in free. You just go. (laughs) That's where you go. (laughs) It's such a different concept. But you got to pick your campsite. So how do you pick your campsite and how do we compare it to Starting a season off well. You need to identify three things when picking a campsite. Same way when you start a season. A, walkable. This is big. When you're picking a place to set up camp, you got to make sure you can walk to it. right? If you're going like, to die halfway getting there, it's not going to be a good campsite right? You you need to be able to walk at your campsite. You don't set a campsite on the side of a cliff and go, I'll figure it out. No, your your campsite has to be steady, has to be stable, it has to be ready for you to be able to do it. Likewise, have you ever been hiking and have you ever worn like the wrong size shoes hiking? Is that, do you know the pain that ensues after like two miles and you're like, oh, maybe my feet will just get better. The blisters will like, start protecting. That's, that's the worst feeling. And you're like, that blister's getting worse. The more I walk on it, the worse it gets. This concept is, in our season, when we start a new season, we didn't make sure the season is for us, and we're not looking at someone else's season and trying to step into their season. It's easy to see someone on the internet and on TV and someone you admire and look up to and go, man, they're starting a new season, so I'm going to start the same one myself. That's the equivalency of going hiking and putting on someone else's shoes and just hoping for the best. No, God has a season for you in particular for you to learn and grow and adapt to because he has a purpose for you in the next season to come. But you can't can't step into someone else's season. You won't get the same things. It's going to be awkward. It's going to be mismatched. It's, you're not going to gain what they're going to gain. It, it's it would be remiss if you step into someone else's shoes into a different season that you're supposed to be in. When God's trying to teach you patience, and you're like, you know what? I'd rather be platformed right now. You can't sustain that platform if you haven't learned patience first. Understand the season you are heading into. It has to be walkable. I went uh, camping once, and this was uh, hiking into camping. And my wife was really nervous about this one. Do you remember back in, in L.A.? Oh, she, already knows, she already knows which one it was. It was the Panamint City one. Remember that? Still can't, I'm not allowed to do it again. I have kids now. <laughs> so this, there's this hiking trail in Death Valley that's only open for four weeks or five weeks during the winter time. And you start in Death Valley and you hike up a mountain and you try to make it to the top in the course of when the sun just barely comes to the land to when it sets completely. And you're running up there as fast as you can. And it's crazy, it's this old abandoned silver mine at the very top so you can kind of explore it the next day. And so me and my buddy, we were racing up there and we saw other people start And, like, they would start going, and then they're like, I can't make it. And they started setting up camp, like, at the very bottom in Death Valley, and we're like, that's not a good idea. It's Death Valley. So we're trying to make up the top, and we race up there. And the reason we were able to make it to the top before the sun set, and we were able to explore the whole Panama City the next day, and it was wonderful, was because for months before that, we entered a training season. We were preparing our bodies to hike in heavy endurances, and we kept spending and going up a mountain and down, up and down, up and down, so that when we were in that season, we were ready. Don't miss out on seasons of preparation, seasons of getting ready, seasons where you're like, "I'm not doing anything right now," and God's like, "You're supposed to be practicing because I have something big coming for you," and you can't sustain that next season without the endurance you need now. Okay. It needs to be walkable. B, the second aspect of picking a campsite is weather. Weather. And again, this might be a bad illustration for Southern California, but weather is a huge factor in camping. When it's raining, when it's snowing, when there's lightning, or when it's very, very hot out. Have you ever been camping when it's just like excessively hot yeah. and you just start dreaming of an A.C. machine that you're just like, can we go glamping instead? Can we just, just bring in the A.C. machine right now? You know, it just gets like hot and sick and you lay, like you know that, that gross feeling when you just lay in your sleeping bag and you're like just all the sweats just like going off of it and you're like, why did I bring a sleeping bag? It's just making me hotter right now. It's <laughs> disgusting. And then at the end, you just pack it up and throw it in your closet and you wait till the next, anyways. I can't get distracted. But weather, when it's rainy, when it's sunny, when it's stormy. See, when you're, when you're picking a campsite, you need to figure out the weather and build your campsite compared to that weather. So if it's raining, you're going to want to set up a tent at a certain spot near a tree so that the tree kind of deflects the water, right? If it's super sunny, you know you're just gonna be baking in the sun, you need to move your tent around so you're hitting shade most of the day. See, you need to figure out your campsite based on the weather. See, you need to find something that has weathered the storms every single day, every single month, every single year, and pitch your tent around it so that you can weather the storms too. See, this tree actually represents seasoned believers or disciples or pastors or people that have gone through that same storm over and over and over, and you pitch your tent next to it so that you can make it through that storm, so that you can make it through the hard times. That's, that's this illustration. When you go into a season, you're like, this is hard. Find someone who's been through that season and say, man, I, I need your help. I, I need to pitch my tent next to you for this season because I can't make it through without your help. I can't make it through this without you on my side. You need to find someone that's weathered that storm over and over and over, just like a big, giant tree can weather the storm, can provide shade. It, it's that partnering with a person so you're not alone in isolation. Proverbs thirteen twenty says, He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. That's the concept. That's, that's the idea that are you going to find someone wise to link up to just saying, man, you know what? You, you made it through, and I know that I can too, but I need some help. And see, when you're picking a spot to camp, you got to look at the water sources. Now, you may have packed your own water, and that's fine, but you still need to identify water sources because of one big thing, and you you don't really think about it too often. But did you know the water source determines the bugs that you're going to be camping around? Did you know that? The water source determines the type of bugs that will be around you and the type of disease that can plague you. (laughs) mind-blowing. If you camp next to a very fast stream, you will have less bugs. If you camp next to a lake or a slow-moving water source, you will have more bugs, and more disease will be rampant. Really interesting. So when you go camping, the closer you can get to a faster water-moving source, the better it will be. Less disease, less bugs. We all don't like bugs okay? The water source. You like bugs, maybe? That got dark real fast. (laughs) Water source, different sermon. Water source determines the type of life and convenience and frustrations you will encounter. The water source. The water source actually represents the flow from God to you. The slower it is, the less you encounter it, the more slow the water is and more things will bug you, more things will annoy you, more sickness will come in and just try to plague your life. But the faster the water source, the more you're talking to God, the more you're encountering God, the more times you're spending with God, the less annoyance you'll have, the less frustrations will actually get to you. The less things will start to bug you. Have you Have you ever noticed when you're just like, loving Jesus, and all of a sudden, like, maybe someone just gets on your nerves, and you're like, you know what? That's okay. You just, you let it go. It just, it doesn't even faze you, but if you're already having a bad day, and that same person walks in your path, and you're like, just keep walking. Just keep, just keep going before I say something stupid, you know? <laughs> the water source Isaiah 44, 3 says, For I will pour water on the thirsty land and streams on the dry ground. I will pour out my spirit on your offspring and my blessings on your descendants. Water source matters, it's the flow of God in your life. Another aspect of, of setting up camp is removing rocks. Removing rocks, that's point number two. Today we started the service, and uh, I know I mentioned it earlier, but some of you notice we had camping gear all over the seats. Super annoying if you come and you're like, that's my seat. Mm-hmm. Why is there a camping gear on it? <laughs> that's why there's piles of sleeping bags and tents and chairs in here. It's really interesting when we, when we go to a campsite, It's easy to overlook the small things sometimes and just let them go because we're like, you know what? I'm not going to take the time to remove all these little things. That's a huge mistake when we start a new season of our lives. We let the little things go right now that end up becoming big things later on. It's the little things we need to pay attention to when starting a new season. It's the little things that are, are weighing on our minds. It's the little things that will start derailing us There's so nothing worse than, than needing to use the restroom at night at a camp. And, and you got to go somewhere outside the tent. So you go outside the tent and you start walking and you trip over a stone because you didn't remove it ahead of time. Because when things get dark and things get dim, we can easily miss the stones, the distractions, the things that are weak in our lives. And we'll, tr- we'll stumble over them. So number one, or I'm sorry, A, the sand. We're going to look at three different types of rocks we got to remove. The sand represents loose, tiny rocks or sand. It's a, a slipping effect. It represents the instability in our seasons. It represents like, have you ever felt, when you enter a season, and you start questioning, like, God, should I be here? Should I not be here? Is this what it is? Is this? And you start kind of going on this balancing act, right? Like, you have good days, and then you have not good days, and then it's just back and forth, back and forth. That's that's the sand aspect. It's kind of like the negative emotions. It's It's the tiniest little things in the season that can actually just tip us over from going after everything that God has called us to. What's, what's the, uh, the, the straw that broke the camel's back? It's the little thing that causes it to tip over. That's, that's the sand concept. What are the little things in our lives that we need to remove and look at? Sometimes it's just a negative emotion we have towards someone who we encounter daily that we need to repent from and, and, and get forgiveness it's the, it's the tiniest little things that can cause us to trip up in our lives when we enter new seasons. Matthew seven twenty six says, And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand. It's this concept of do you allow so many little tiny things to surround you that eventually you're not stable in your life? Sometimes you need to brush them out of the way and start dealing with all the little things that are piling up. Because the little things add to great things. Did did you know when looking at finances, it's not the big purchases that deplete out our bank accounts. It's all the little tiny things that add up. Never ever ask my wife to go through your finances because she'll tell you how many coffees you got (laughs) that year and you're like, what? <laughs> True story. <laughs> the sand, it's the little things. B, another removing rocks, is the stones. The stones. This is more of like the, the sin issues. These are like the little things that we'll step on. It'll, it'll stub our toe and it'll distract us. And It's, it's the sand of the little things of like emotions that will draw us away, but the, the, the stones are kind of like the sins that stumble us. That's what this represents. It's like, what are the things that you're stepping on you're like, ouch, kind of hurt? Or like you trip over, you know, oh. You know, and, and furthermore, this is interesting for parents, something that you stumble over and if you don't remove it out of your campsite and your kids live in the same campsite with you, chances are they'll stumble over the same thing that you're stumbling over unless you deal with it yourself. Let it sink in. Represents the small things that distract us, the sin issues, and our seasons. We gotta deal with them. Don't allow your season to go halfway through before you realize that God's speaking to you. You you gotta allow it to understand I'm starting a season and I need to deal with this now because God has so much for me during this time. And see, this one's a little bit different, it's a little unique the boulder. Have you been camping and there's just like that giant rock that's just there and you're like, that's not moving. Like like, it's there. Your kids are going to climb all over it. You're going to tell them no the first day, but then the second on, they're like, you're like, whatever. (laughs) You know, there's a giant rock that's just been there forever and it will be there forever. This is the warning point. See, the boulder represents God. It represents Jesus. It represents the rock that Jesus is. And what I want to warn against is so many times when we enter this season of our lives, God's not moving. You can't shift him. You can't budge him. He's solid. But the warning is, sometimes we remove ourselves from God. It's not that God is like, oh, you know what? I'm away from you right now. You sinned, you something, whatever. No, God's like, I'm here. I'm not moving I'm stuck, but then we withdraw because we, we believe in the lies the enemy has given us of, oh, I'm not good enough for God. Don't remove yourself from the rock. Colossians 3, 1 through 2. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated on the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. The boulder. And the third aspect when we start a new season, awesome, is we have to set up camp. I don't know anyone on this plane. I'm sure Barry Giles or other people that are just awesome and unique. But y- you set up camp. You bring stuff with you to go camping, right? You don't just show up in a t-shirt and jeans and hope for the best and go, I'll figure it out. Like, you bring gear, and now you got to set it up. You, you cleared it off. You made sure it's, it's, it's your site. It's your spot. You got it. But now you have to start building the stuff for your site. So it presents when you enter a new season, you need to start setting up camp because God's going to have you there for a little bit. you got to make sure you're ready to endure that season. When, when God has you placed in a spot for you to learn and grow, you got to understand, well, this isn't a one-day kind of thing. This, is, this might last weeks. This might last months. And for you to not understand expectations, that's one of the worst things. Have you ever had, um, have you ever had a job and you, you accidentally don't give the right expectations to a client or a customer? And then they're like so frustrated. You're like, oh yeah, we'll get that done right away. In the back of your mind, right away is like a year and a half. And to them, right away is like a week. And then they're like, why isn't it done? And you're like, uh, in a year and a half. And they're like, Whoa, it's setting expectations. When you enter a new season, you need to understand you might be there for a little while. Are you ready to endure that season? Because you got to build some stuff and prepare for that season. Setting up camp A, shelter. You need a shelter. This is one of the most reoccurring themes in this whole camp sermon series. You're going to hear shelter a lot. You need to make sure you're covered in this season. You gotta make sure that you, you have the protection that during all the storms, during all the winds, during all the sun, you are guarded and protected to withstand the season. We'll keep going into that later on when we talk about the tent and that's in a couple weeks. Shelter. Failure to establish a shelter will cause a bad experience and failure to pay attention to what the season is all about. You know, when you have a shelter, you're protected, and you can focus on all the fun, the excitement, everything you do at a campsite, right? The bonfire, the hiking, the fishing, whatever you do. But if you don't have a shelter, you get miserable fast. Or if you build a tent and you forget to put that, like, like that top layer on top, or else it's just mesh. Do you guys know those kind of tents? Yes. You forget that, and you're like, I don't even really have a tent, do I? it's just mesh on top now. And when the rain comes and you're like, now my tent's wet. That's the worst feeling. You're, you're distracted from the actual experience when you forget your shelter. Keeps you, from bears. Keeps you well, kinda. <laughs> Keeps you away from bears. Uh, shelter, here's, I'll give you a shelter story because you reminded me of this. Um, when my dad was really young, uh, he was went camping with his dad and, and, you know, his brothers, and they're hanging out inside the, the tent. And one night, uh, they have this very large dog, and they would just let it, you know, sleep outside. This is, this is wilderness. You just let it do whatever it wants, and it'll stay around the tent because it knows it'll give them food, or they'll give it food. So, they're sitting in there, and my grandpa's laying against the tent, and then all of a sudden, the dog uh, sits on him from outside the tent, and he just starts, get off, you know, trying to elbow him, and my dad's just like, what is happening, and my grandpa's like, the, our dog is sitting on me, and it hurts, and my dad's like, sit, the dog can't hurt you by sitting on it, it's a dog, and so they go outside, and they realize that uh, a bear had sat on my grandpa on the outside of the tent, and he's just hitting the bears, <laughs> trying to get him off, it's shelter, It might seem flimsy, it might seem weak, it might just seem like a little canvas structure that REI whipped together, but it guards you. It protects you, it's so critical in your seasons that you have shelter. I can't derail and talk about shelter too much because that's a whole sermon on its own. B, light source. When you set up your camp, you better have a light source. There's nothing worse than just walking around at night going, oh, I hope this is the right way. you got to have a light source. See, this, this one's my favorite point. Because the main light source, light source is obviously the sun, right? Okay, thanks for laughing at me, guys. My, my wife is dying over here. <laughs> the main light source is the sun in the sky. This represents what God is speaking to you, so everything's lit and you can see everything. Everything is visible, yeah, yeah. but at night, at night, it, it, it's kind of hidden, and you need a flashlight. You need a lantern. You need a, a, a secondary light source. Yeah. Your flashlight represents what you remember God speaking to you when times were good. See, the daytime represents things are good, things are shiny, everything's visible, it's wonderful, but the night, it represents the frustrations, it kind of represents the dark times. It represents when you don't really see God in the situation. It represents when you're like, everything seems dim and dark, and I just, I can't. But the flashlight, when you pull that out, you're saying, I remember what God spoke to me, and now I can see. That's what that represents. And then last, the last point, C, guard your food. If you go camping and you just have your, your snacks sitting out, they're gone. Even if you go, Patty, do you remember, do you remember uh, one of the little girls when we went camping up at Camp Cedar Crest and she, she brought a bag of chips? She left it in a locked cabin and she brought a double bag of snacks And that food was gone in a locked cabin. We found out later the raccoon was in there like just munching away and then jumping out the window and coming back and forth, feeding its little family. But you got to guard your food because wildlife will try and steal your food. What does this represent? This represents hope. Your food is hope. Your food is hope. It's because hope gives you the energy to withstand your season. See, if you, don't have, if you don't have food source, you can't last in your season. If you don't have energy, you can't last. If you don't have food, you can't move forward. You got to call it quits and go back. When you're in your season, no matter how bad it gets, you got to remember, you got to have hope. If you don't have hope, you can't withstand your season. Guard your food. Every wildlife will be after your hope. Every boss, every coworker, loud children <laughs> will be after your hope. Guard it. Guard your hope. Isaiah 40, 31 says this But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles, they will run and not grow weary, they will walk and not be faint. The hope represents your food at a campsite. Don't lose it. Don't let it dwindle. Keep it going. Let's pray. Lord, we we know that we're all in seasons. We know that some of us have started a season. Some of us are wrapping up a season. But no matter what, we all begin a season And I pray that we would understand these concepts just as you understood the concept of how you started Palm Sunday, how you started getting on the cross was because you started your season well by going and talking with the Father, by grabbing disciples, by preaching the word, by staying focused on what God was speaking to you about, you did it. If we just understand that, our seasons would have purpose rather than just going through whatever, God. God. Lord, let us be encouraged this week. Let us have hope this week. And let us remember everything you did for us. On Friday, God, as we remember Good Friday and what what it represents, let us not lose hope. Because even in the darkest times that you faced, God, you had hope that you'd be saving the world. Give us hope, God, as we... And seasons and leave seasons. In your mighty name, Amen. Thanks for listening. For more podcasts or to partner with us through giving, visit our website at lighthouse805.com.